welcome to Decoding Learning Differences with Kimberlyn Lavelle. This episode is Autism, Stories of Individuals. In this episode, I'm just going to tell a few stories about a few different individuals with autism who I have worked with. Now, I've recently, um, honestly, found out that many adults with autism prefer to be called be called autistic, which previously I'd always been told, no, it's person with autism. Um, and I totally respect that. In this case, I definitely think of each of these people more as their individual selves. And that's sort of the point of this is in my experience, my personal truth about those I've known with autism is that they have less in common than they have different. Now, of course, they do have those common characteristics of autism in common. There are certain traits that they all have. Um, you know, they all benefit from many of the same things. They all benefit, but also a lot of other students benefit from visuals to support their learning and what you're saying to them. Um, they benefit from being allowed to complete a cycle, like if they've started a task, they need to be able to complete that task before you interrupt them and move them to something else. Again, that's not just those with autism. Um, and then they're, they're struggling with communication and social skills, and they need those directly and explicitly taught to them. And that is a little more unique to autism and kind of the defining characteristic of autism. Um, and that's been true for all of these, but they don't look the same. Other than, other than that, they have so many differences. They're such individual people um, that I would prefer to just think of them as their name. Now, I'm going to call them one thing in here. They, it isn't their actual names. I'm kind of trying to protect some identities. Um, but um, I'm going to tell a few, few stories. So the first story is I think about a couple of boys that I worked with years ago. And it was before I was a teacher, I would go into their home and work with them. Um, I'm gonna call them Tim and Kyle. And I went into their home and I mostly worked with Tim. And he was considered severely autistic and was considered um, to be low functioning. He did speak some, but it was very limited. You know, he, so there was a combination of things. Um, and then he had a brother, Kyle, who was a little more advanced, um, but still definitely struggled and needed a lot of support. So the, the thing I wanted to tell about with Tim was we had a ABA, Applied Behavior Analysis company that would come in and tell us what to do. Um, they were they were supposed to like be the 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 guide the guides and the advisors on how to work with Tim and how to help him make progress and things. So the first advisor that we had from them was great. She understood who he was as a human as a person and how to work with him and how to help him. And then she moved 
And the next couple of people that came in were not so great. They were very by the book. And it was, you know, there were certain things that they felt that weren't being done correctly because the training says this, the book says this, you're supposed to do it this way. They were very behaviorist. Um, and, and not even that, but like very by the, by the book was the best way to describe it, I think. So there were some things that they were suggesting that we do that were really below where Tim was at. Like they wanted us to reintroduce PECS, which is the um, picture exchange communication system. So it's like little pictures that he would have around the house and he would give it to you if he wanted something. Okay, but he could speak some too. So sometimes he used those and sometimes he spoke. It depended on what he wanted. He also knew how to type and um, could spell out some of the things he wanted. So sometimes he would, you know, he had a little keyboard, um, Alpha Smart, and he would type out what he wanted and we could see what he wanted. Um, and sometimes we couldn't give it to him because he, <laughs> he wanted things like Bellagio Las Vegas and that's not available, sorry. But um, so she would, one of them would tell us to do these things and then her advisor would come in. And so there are two of them are sitting there telling us like that we're doing the wrong thing. I was like, okay, well show me. Um, and one of the, one of the things that he would do was he would bite. So we'd be, he'd be perfectly happy walking along, turn and bite. Obviously it hurt. Um, but they wanted us to, I'm saying pretend, they thought for whatever reason that the only reason a person would bite is for attention. Therefore it was for attention. We couldn't give him attention. We needed to ignore him while he's biting us. Well, I knew that wasn't why he was doing it. He needed pressure. It was the pressure of biting and that's why he was doing it. So I would kind of give him you know, gentle but firm pressure on his head to help him. And that did, it helped. So it was frustrating to me to have people tell me one thing that's not true, not accurate, not correct for who this person is as an individual. And then there was something else that they, I can't remember what she wanted him to do. And I was like, if you do that, he is going to scratch you. Cause she wanted to like guide him to where he was supposed to do something or like take his arm and like kind of force him to do something he didn't want to do. And he did, he, she was like, I was like, okay, show us. So she took his arm and he scratched her. And I was, I was happy for him that he was standing up for himself and saying, no, don't touch me. I don't want to be touched by you. I don't want to be forced to do something I don't want to do. Um, And I hope I'm not painting a negative picture of him because he was, he was such a joyful, is such a joyful person um, and taught me so much and so full of life. It was, I guess this particular story is more about why individualizing an education is so important. What he needed was very specific to him. It wasn't about anyone else. It wasn't about what the book says to do. Those, it doesn't work. Okay. Story two is 
a girl I worked with um, many years ago named Sarah, pretend name Sarah. Um, and she was so much fun. And I, I guess she just came to mind as again, one of the students I've worked with who had autism and was just a unique little girl. Um, I worked with her for about four years. And during that time, she always was so funny. Like she always had funny things to say. Um, she was always very sweet, very kind, you know, none of the behaviors that I dealt with in some of the other students I had, she didn't have any of the same interests as them. She didn't, um, have any of the same quirks that some of them have with like the toe walking or the arm, the hand flapping, you know, she didn't have any of that, but she definitely struggled with understanding social stuff with other kids, with communication. And she would, she definitely would love to talk about the things that she liked. So one time it came about, I figured out that she really loves pie. So I needed her to write something. So she wrote about pie and she wrote and she wrote and she wrote um, because she loves pie. So, and that was just what always needed to happen year after year um, is coming up with things that she was interested in and she enjoyed that she could then really show her true colors and show her true, true ability through talking about those things that she really enjoyed. <coughs> and my third story is about Thomas. Um, he, he had a major love of science. He was very bright. Um, he could learn anything that you tried to teach him very quickly. And he mostly didn't want to do whatever you asked him to do. So it was, it was always, um, with him, we definitely had to work on our own expectations and individualizing what lessons he was provided to make it appropriate for his individual education. Um, he loved Harbor Seals. So, I, I had, was reading um, a magazine that had come to my house about scuba diving. I love scuba diving. And it had an, a piece in there about harbor seals. So I took it to school with me so that he could see it. He loved it, right? He was just, we talked about it. He read about it. Um, he was willing to write about it. And that was true with anything science, really. He would love, he loved anything that was, was about science, anything science that I gave him. He would read it, he would study it. Um, and when I needed him to write something, which he hated writing, we found ways to get him to write based on things that he was actually interested in. You know, he hated any autobiographical writing. He did not want to write about himself. He hated that. It was torturous. So we just would have him write about something else instead. Um, so, Again, um, I don't want to get into too much detail about too many things, but with, but with him, again, we had to make a very individual education. The things that I did for him, I've never done for any other child. The things I did for Sarah, I've never done for any other child. The things I did for Tim and Kyle, I've never done for any other child. 
every child needs an individual education plan. Now, of course, within each of them, there were specific things that I did that I do do with others and have done with others. But it's the the overall that that overall education looks so different for each of these kids as it should. Right. Every kid is so different. So. I am hoping that some of that sparked something in you and I want to hear about it. So what did this spark in you? Email me, Kimberlyn at decodinglearningdifferences.com. Remember to keep education unique and individualized for each individual child, keeping in mind their strengths and their interests more than any deficits. I look forward to talking to you again next week.